0: Hey, everybody, welcome to On the Homefront. My name is John Murphy. Very happy to share some time with you right now. Perhaps we're on WILI Radio Live at AM 1400 or FM 95.3. Our shows are also video recorded for the WILI YouTube channel, so you might get us there too 24 7 access anywhere you go. Our program today is very busy again with three segments. for the second half, we're, we're going to focus on the Dionysus Theater Company in the Vernon area. They have a new production opening. And then we're going to look at Theater at Eastern. They also have a new opening called Cat's Neck, based on the work of Fastbinder. And we have two faculty members involved with that show. They're going to close out the show later on. But we're going to open today with Joseph White from the Willamette Public Library. He's uh, the adult program director. And we're very happy to have you in the studio, Joe. Thanks for starting us off today. Thanks for having me, John. Well, I got your email and you guys are really busy yes with a lot of things Mm -hmm. so we're gonna give a website to follow up but Joe's gonna give you some highlights to plan ahead definitely have some fun with family and friends
1: yeah we have a lot of incredible stuff coming up soon Uh, literally tomorrow we have uh, tomorrow evening I believe 5 o'clock. We have a wall art painting, so if you want a nice piece to put up on your wall, uh, Dan of the Arts Council is providing us with uh, the piece for that. Coming up on Saturday is a big one. We've got... that's
0: the 30th. Yeah,
1: that's... Okay, tomorrow's Um, the 28th. Yep, Saturday, September 30th, uh, 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock, right down at Chilson. Same time, same place as the Downtown Country Fair. Uh, We have the uh, Eastern Connecticut Children's Book Fair. So, we've got activities for kids. We're giving away books all sorts of fun stuff so you can pop into us head on over to the downtown country fair get some like homegrown honey that's what i got last time yeah. uh all sorts of good stuff all sorts of fun stuff to do and then um from there we're into october and oh my goodness we are busy 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 <laughs> i could talk all night
0: well you certainly have a lot to cover uh now you've been there for four years now have yeah. you noticed because you came in Maybe just before COVID got really nasty, yeah. so you had that whole scene. Yep. How are things at the library when people are beginning to come out more? They're more comfortable, even though we have a little COVID spike now, a little seasonal flu going on. People are a bit more relaxed. Definitely. What do you see at the library? For
1: sure, yeah. It's really been it's really been a joy to um, to see the library opening up again, and with all of that. Uh, just seeing people starting to get more involved, to find new things to do. And so we've had a chance to offer a whole bunch of new programs. So everything from sort of the traditional book clubs and uh, meetings like that, or uh, let's see.
0: Let's walk through it. So yeah, absolutely.
1: So uh, let's see, just jumping through the calendar, some of the new stuff we have is, that, or that I'm responsible for is we have a Dungeons & Dragons night. We have a improv night. Um, we've got movie nights. We just had a painting night last night. Um, we have on Wednesday mornings Color and Calm, which is just coloring for adults because everyone deserves five minutes to sit down with a coloring book, forget about the rest of the world, and just enjoy. Um, of course, we've got story times for the kids. We've got uh, little Picasso's. We've got Homeschool Fridays starting up again now in October. Uh, we have an English language meetup and a Spanish language meetup for people who just want to practice uh, languages in a nice. very chill environment. Nice. Um, so like I said, we're really having fun trying out different things and, and seeing what sticks, seeing what the community needs. So if you have input for what you would like to see at the Willimantic Public Library, we're always looking for suggestions. Uh, and you can reach out to us either on the Facebook, at our email, uh, Library at biblio.org, or by giving us a call, eight six zero six one seven that's my phone number. We'll try uh, 860-465-3079. That's the library.
0: Now, <coughs> you work in the adult programs. Mm-hmm. Libraries are resources for lots of purposes. Yeah. One of them is for personal growth, but for looking for work. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could share some of the resources for adults that may add to what they have at home, but things that they may not know are available Yeah, that could help them either search or retain data. Yep. Where could that help somebody?
1: Definitely, yeah. So, I mean, first of all, we have access to um, all of the uh, all the materials within our own library. We're also able to put in requests for uh, libraries across the state. So, if there's a particular book that you need for a project that you're working on, yeah. or a particular movie, or right. all, all sorts of other stuff, right. we're happy to get it for you. Beyond that, uh, we've recently implemented LinkedIn Learning, which is a... Uh, Totally free to, like, the public through us. You sign up with your library card. You have access to all sorts of trainings for uh, various different skill sets. Uh, If you need assistance with uh, resumes, we have people who are on staff that help with that. We have people who come in who help with that. Uh, Really a push towards helping people um, not just enjoy life on their off time, but also be able to get stuff done.
0: Right. And how about translation assistance for people that want to become more proficient? Yeah. maybe I want to do better with my Spanish mm-hmm. or vice versa. Yeah, how can that work?
1: Yep, definitely. So I think I would uh, I would point you towards mango languages is a uh, fully online again totally free to the public uh, program that we have. It's kind of mm-hmm. similar to a, a Babel or a uh, Rosetta stone um, and it will bring you through very uh, like starting very basic but like usable parts of the language. On top of that, we have our language meetups, which is just a very chill environment you to practice that, Spanish. Yeah. yeah. yep. Um, where like for me as, as a, someone who didn't grow up speaking anything other than English, right. having a place to, uh, walk in where it's not a high stakes environment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to like sign up for, or buy a car in Spanish. Like, nope. It's yeah. just, we're just having a conversation. Uh, and both with English and with Spanish, uh, the people who are running it are, totally willing. If you forget a word, they'll help you out. They'll teach you stuff um, in a a very practical way. Yeah.
0: Now, one thing Joseph did before the show today is he sent me a uh, the newsletter that they do periodically <laughs> and he's kind of reading some of those pages, it's really loaded and you can get your own copy from the website but I wanted to mention that you do a lot of work with Facebook Yeah. so maybe let people know how that can help them follow the activities and plan ahead.
1: Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we have our website and we put all of our stuff on there but it's a right. little little old, we're working on getting a new one okay. so uh, in the meantime the best place to follow us is on Facebook, just the Willimantic Public Library Facebook page uh, uh, we're constantly posting for upcoming events, sort of highlights of things that are happening, uh, and also we'll have reminders, we'll put out stories, we'll use all the fun Facebook stuff to make sure that you know the cool stuff that's showing up, so that if it's something that interests you, you can pop on in. And uh, just in general, all yeah. of our programs are free. We, like, yeah. legally cannot charge you money for <laughs> programs at the Willamantic Public Library. Uh, so coming down, just trying out something <coughs> new, uh, or finding something that you enjoy that, uh, that we can help you out with.
0: Now, you know, something else that seems to be growing in popularity is uh, either poetry or spoken word events. Mm And there are a few groups. There's one in Putnam, and there's a few that are all giving people a chance to hear and listen, and and also read their own work. Yep. And I see you have a writers' workshop as well. We do. What kind of writing do you work with, and how do people participate in that? That yeah. seems to be a, a real interesting area.
1: Definitely, yeah. That is uh, that's run by our director Dan Paquette, and it's sort of similar to the uh, to the language meetups. Uh-huh. Um, it's a very like low stakes it's it's a group of writers that are all working in various different fields some of them do uh poetry other ones are working on like novels stuff like that um and it's just a place to get input from other people who are doing the same thing, who are like-minded, who have a similar skill set, who are able to give you meaningful uh, like, feedback on your work and to be able to share it, again, in a lower-stress environment before you go to post it online or send it out to a publisher or whatever your plans are or just put it on Facebook for your friends and family, uh, having that opportunity. So we have that going on there. And on the note of uh, poetry and things like that, um, we ran a, a poetry open mic I think a couple summers back, and we had great success, and then it sort of petered out as we headed into the fall. Um, but if there's interest, we can start that again. And yeah. leapfrogging from that, we have an improv night that we just relaunched, uh, I believe, last month, and we're really kicking it off into here in partnership with the the theater guild right here in town, and that's a ton of fun.
0: So as so, like, uh, you were part of that group that got together there last week? Yeah, yep. What was the audience like for that? Like, you know, were they ready to go all the way with you? Because <laughs> they have a job to do there, too. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so for you're talking for improv, right? Yeah. So, we actually... Uh, no audience, no no high pressure. We're not putting on a performance. Maybe down the road, we'll see what the interest is. Uh, but it's very much, if you're familiar with, uh, like, Whose Line Is It Anyway? All the right. games that they play on there. Um, it's just a bunch of adults uh, in, the, in our community room back there. No great audience, no one booing or anything. Um, we're all just having fun together. And the same way that the, the coloring gives an opportunity to relax, um, the improv does the same thing. Because as adults... We don't get to just play games without judgment and be silly and be wacky. So improv is a chance to tell stories um, and have fun uh, in, in a community.
0: Yeah. And most of all, no animals are harmed. What can I say? Yes. <laughs> That's the most important thing. No, but it is an outreach. And, mm. you know, the other thing is donations. Yeah. People often will give to Goodwill. They'll have ways to pass things on. Mm -hmm. But in a way, going to a library can really keep that thing in circulation. Definitely. And it's not just dumping off everything on your front door, but are there particular ways that you take donations? And and, and if I had a collection, what kind of things are you looking for that would help you the most?
1: Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So in general, um, our big two things we can't take are textbooks and uh, magazines, unfortunately, just because a lot of times they're out of date or they're not really able to be reused in a meaningful way. But anything else, we're more than happy to take, especially if it's uh, modern, if it's come out in the last five years, if it's in good condition. Um, Like all of those things uh, are a huge help to us. And even if we can't add it to our own collection, we have places that we can donate it to, um, specifically an organization called Better World Books that takes books from various libraries and other things. Yeah, Yeah. and then they'll redistribute them to places that need them to make, you know, a better world for books. And people too.
0: So what could be left over is a remainder sitting in a box somewhere. (coughs) They're out there being looked at.
1: Exactly, yep. That's
0: really nice. So, Joseph White, what made you choose this line of work? Have you done library work before here, here in Willie?
1: So, uh, yeah. this was actually my first uh, job working in a library, and but uh, it's definitely not my first time in the Willimantic Public Library. I'm actually Willimantic born and raised, so I grew up going to the Willimantic Library. Uh, I, local talent. Oh, yeah. Local talent. <laughs> my parents know. would bring me down, uh, oh, weekly. We got so many uh, DVDs from there. What did we even watch? Anyways. Yeah. Memories are flooding back. All good. Uh, and then, you know, I'd bike down as I started to get older. Um, and so being able to go back there and now working alongside the librarians that taught me how to read is incredible. And the work that we get to do there is truly some of the most fulfilling I've ever gone to do, where um, it's just pouring back into the community. It is helping people with whatever they walk into the door with, whether it's looking for a new book or an old movie or if they're trying to get a a thing printed out for the DMV. Like, we are there to genuinely help people in a meaningful way. Um, And that's the goal of the Willamantic Public Library.
0: That's really great. And that's why, you know, no two days are alike. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) It's quite a range of material. Well, Joseph White, thank you very much for your good work throughout the year for coming by today. We'll have Dan back again and some other folks. There are so many things at the library. Be sure to use it all year, especially in the wintertime. People might be inside a little bit more often. Don't hide in the cave. Get out there. Meet people. And there's lots to do. So thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Thank you, John. All righty. So we'll continue our program today right after this short break, and we'll look at the Dionysus Theater Company in Vernon. They have a new opening. Stand by. Okay, we're back live on the home front. Very happy to have you with us today in the program. We're going to look at theater for the rest of the show. For the last segment today, we're going to look at theater at Eastern. They have a new thing opening up called Cat's Neck, and it's going to be based on the work of Fastbinders. We're going to have two faculty members very involved with that show here to close the program tonight. But right now, I'm very happy to have people back from the Dionysus Theater Company, based in the Vernon area. They did a great show a few months ago called Private Wars about the Vietnam War era and the veterans in a hospital and they used a very unique black box format which is a different kind of theater than you may be thinking about a big stage and an audience in a proscenium this is kind of a mental space that they create in a limited area and it's hyper intense it's really challenging in a way and it's really cool to see it applied to contemporary stories that connect life today with history and tradition So first of all, we have uh, as one of the founding members here is Gabby Mendelson. We're happy to have Gabby back in the house again. Gabby, welcome.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: And on this show, she is one of the cast members we'll talk about briefly. And also with us, we have Angela Dias. She is uh, also in the cast, and we're happy to have
3: you here, Angela. Thank you. Welcome. Glad to be here.
0: So this is opening on October 6th. They have a special opening night that we'll talk about, and it runs until the 22nd. So you have several opportunities. So, you can tell us about the world of Cedar and uh, how you're contextualizing it in the black box modality, which is so so interesting.
2: Perfect. Um, so, as far as the way we're doing it, Seder it's, it takes place in this one evening where this family is having a Seder for the first time, and as they are progressing through the Seder, our main character. Miss Angela Dias is playing Erzika, kind of goes back into her past. So there's two different timelines that's going on. And we can, we'll we talk a little bit more about that. But the black box style that we've created, we are currently utilizing a non-traditional space, which is called a found space. It used to be a, a gym, like a jujitsu place. And we transformed it into pretty much a black box which is a room which has the staging not only for the actors and for the play itself but we've created this area where the audience is almost a part of the stage and I think you did mention it's like you are thrust into that world so it is like in
0: private wars you were almost on the ward floor just farther down the same floor
2: and very kind of. very similar. You're actually going to be almost like you're in the museum, which is the House of Terror, which is in Budapest. Um, so you're kind of immersed in this area. Mm-hmm. I do want to um, leave it over to Angela to talk a little bit about the show and you know her character within mm-hmm.
3: that. You're also going to be part of this family's dining room as they partake of their first Seder. And I play the head of the, the matriarch, who has, um, whose past was formed by some of the most tumultuous events of the 20th century. She is a, she, her family was killed by the Nazis. She because, she works for the communist regime in uh, Hungary following the, the, you know, the end of World War II. A very tumultuous time. Pre-Cold War, too. After
0: the Second World War, but before it got really hot with the Soviets. Right, yeah.
3: And uh, she's had to make a lot of very difficult choices, as many people did who lived in that era in Europe. And in the whole world. It was a world war. And this is post-World War too, But it's still, you know, the, the trauma of that uh, is something that Erzika has to deal with, as long as well as the choices she had to make, and everything comes to a head when Erzika's older daughter, played by Gabby, comes to visit for the first time in 13 years, and she and Erzika is forced to confront her past by Yudit, who makes her. Who makes her very literally, in some sense, put her face in those events and the choices she made and the consequences? Then there's a twist that I will not reveal, <laughs> uh-huh. but um, you know, the family is like a lot of families. It, there is a lot of disagreement. There, Erzika and Yudit butt heads yeah. over the choices that they each have made. And yeah, Yeah. just like in life. But as in families, there's the cut up, you know, there's the class clown, And that comes and that character is embodied by my younger son. And then there's the middle daughter, um, Margit, played by Michelle Abbotsia. Andrew Rosenstein plays my younger son. Michelle plays Abbotsia, who is the middle child and is the pleaser. You know, so you'll even though the events may seem remote or not relatable, yeah. the political events, the family events are absolutely relatable. It's, it's we universal. know these people you we've seen people in our own families act like that, but they're confronting forces that uh, a lot of us don't have to have never had to have never had to deal with
0: right that's the classic platform for storytelling setting Mm -hmm. up the dynamics now in the narrative of this story Mm -hmm. is there something special that's happening that's bringing them together after 13 years like a family celebration or something or am i giving away a surprise so after 13 years there must be a reason to get together right
2: well the reason is the the middle daughter has arranged she's arranging this seder that they've never done together so that's the background okay and in this, uh, we also have her friend David who is running the Seder and David is played by Chris Terrizo and, and wonderful, great comedy in there. So mm. it's got it's got the drama, the comedy, but I think the relatability is we all have had those family get togethers, haven't mm-hmm. we? And we know those dynamics and that's all in there, right? And you have the humor, you have the fierceness, all that is blended. And the audience is participating because they are right there. And I as as Angela said, oh, it's gonna yeah. touch upon what we have all experienced. It's nothing that is not relatable. So
0: Yeah, the seeds are already there. You're just triggering Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So So if this were a film, you might be able to film things out of sequence and shoot things that look like the past, and here you are at the table today. In a black box, reality cubed, how do you have two places and two times?
2: Well, I am going to give a huge shout-out to Hilary Lang, who is our lighting designer. She's doing such an amazing job. So, you know, the technique in theater a lot of times will be lighting, Mm-hmm. Will be lighting that will help to do that transition. Over here, absolutely, okay. absolutely, and That's for our
0: radio listeners, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and there's also I've also done a little work with my friend Sharon on the sound, and the sound will help to transition the uh-huh. audience as well. So we utilize those tools um, to help us to kind of transition into the different worlds.
0: And are there elements of music at all in some of way? Environmental, yeah, Of course there is. Of there's. course. So where do you take us mentally with those sounds?
2: Um, so, you know, I also love doing the sound design. I love listening to music and sounds and trying to create that feel. Um, there are pieces, since it's you know it takes place in Budapest so we go through some of the music of that time it kind of transitions us from like you know early 1900s up to 2000s some radio clips as well to help that Mm -hmm. Um, so that will help move the audience in that timeline and create that feel um, Mm -hmm. as well and then there's non-traditional sounds to help with transitions uh, some water sounds and things like that will help move them into the different worlds.
0: So some sound effects mm-hmm. and then diegetic sound that would be on the yeah. set. Because I know in Private Wars, it was like listening to the radio right. mm. during the music, and there were some news bulletins. Absolutely. That was like time travel, same yeah. kind of approach.
2: Very similar, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, how does the cast deal with... A tight area to work when they may be blocked and have more room to kind of move their elbows around and stretch now it's a bit more compressed right yeah so so how do you orchestrate that
2: I'm gonna briefly talk and then I'll hand it over to Angela Mm -hmm. um it is my favorite favorite way to engage because you cannot lie you cannot lie it's like film everything is seen you're so right in each other and so you have to be as real and relatable as you possibly can Um, And it's the joy. And it's, you know, when you have the audience right there, it's that energy. And I talk again about the same thing, but it is the connection between audience and between the characters. And you just can't divide that. Now I'll go over to Angela how about working into this in the space.
3: It's definitely an adjustment. And I have done a black box theater as well as more traditional theater on a proscenium stage. I was gonna ask about that. Yeah. yeah. So it is there is a distance that you have to overcome when you're in a proscenium set. Yeah. But when you're in a black box, there's no there's no distance between you and the audience. You know, ideally, if you're creating this realistic piece of and, and the magic of it's both, it's realism and like this magic, everybody in the room is is together. And it's an immediacy that you don't get um, in a proscenium setting. It does take an adjustment, though. I know there are some cast members who are like, oh, their knees are right there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah, that's right. But once you're involved, it's like no other feeling because, yeah, you can say everybody's in the same room in a proscenium uh, setting. But when you're in the black box setting, as I said, there's no gap. It's There's this unification that takes place. There's all sorts of connections that are made, and you feel it just more viscerally because of that closeness and that lack of gap. Right.
0: There's no fourth wall to cross almost. There's no there, right? Right. That's the idea. Yeah. In case you join us, by the way, on the radio, we're talking about Seder, which is opening October 6th, running until the 22nd. And the Dionysus Theater Company is staging these events at 45 Industrial Park Road in Tallinn. And 45 Industrial Park Road. If you go to their website, you'll get all the information throughout the year. The website's really easy because it's their name, Mm -hmm. DionysusTheaterCompany.org, so you can follow up on this. One other question, too, is uh, you're going to have the opening as a special night. Yes. There's something going on. So tell us about that.
2: Um, We're doing a kickoff celebration. Um, It's a combination of the opening of the show. It's also the theater company's 10th year. So it's kind of, we wanted to like kick it off. Uh, We are going to have some appetizers, dessert, beverages, like a basket extravaganza. Oh boy. So I know, it's a lot of fun. And it's a Friday night that people should definitely come and participate in. It is October 6th and the doors will open at 7 p.m. The show starts at 8 Highly recommend that you know if you're looking for a great thing to do on a Friday night to come mm-hmm. join us in celebrating. We do encourage, you know, if you feel like dressing up, it's be a great you know red carpet dress up and have a lot of fun on that opening night.
0: And costume, perhaps. Of Yay. course,
2: whatever floats your boat. You yeah, kind of walk
0: on the set, nobody notices.
2: Nobody you know, will know. Kind of yeah.
0: <laughs> but one other question too, because you know, uh, Gabby is one of the co-founders of the theater. And it's been a few years, and I wondered if you noticed changes, either in the material that that's available mm. to you or the audience reactions, because black box is kind of a unique yeah. format. It's, yeah. it's not common. So what's it been like to grow that baby?
2: So we had to obviously, as most everyone in the world, had to take a hiatus from everything that they did um during COVID. Sure. So is it's a yeah. slow growing back from that area. And I know a lot of theaters are have faced challenges of diminishing audiences, mm-hmm. diminishing even members to participate. It seems like a lot of yeah. people got used to being at home, their timeline and so to get back into it was a little challenging. Um, But what I do notice is for the audience members that come into the space is almost like a relief to be engaged in humanity. Mm. And, And the reason why is although we have such wonderful tools such as, you know, you have Zoom and you have all those things, but you are not engaged. You have something that stops you from being fully present. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. an artificiality to it. Whereas in this space, there isn't. So, though audience members that we do get to come back, it really is, it feels like a relief mm-hmm. just to be human beings in a space.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's like, it's, you are alive, it's live theater. You are alive and you're mm-hmm. sharing it with. With all these people in the same room, it's not like being at home. I mean, believe me, you know, there's, it's fun sitting home and sitting on the couch, but it's, it's, you're just more alive Mm -hmm. when you're going to live theater. Bottom line, you are alive with other people. You're sharing that experience. experience. It's a unique experience. It's there and then it's gone you're not going to be able to repeat it
2: Yep, no two shows are ever right. live because it is live
0: that's got to be amplified for the cast as well because the audience reaction is such a part of the chemistry <clears throat> every night it's a different yeah you know who reacts to what part of the storyline or whatever
2: absolutely and it forces as an actor you have yeah. to be a hundred percent present to everything around you for that very mm. reason and understanding that the audience is just as much a part of the show as the other actor that you're playing against.
3: Mm. I mean, I can foresee that, as as Gabby has mentioned, there is a lot of humor in this show as well. And we're, you know, we've been rehearsing that, and we are, I mean, sometimes these things come up on stage while we're rehearsing by one of the actors, and we're like, (laughs) we're laughing. We're not... Obviously that's gonna we you know, that's not gonna happen in a performance. But we're gonna to have to allow for that and we're not used to that. But we will, of course, but it's going to that's the kind of adjustment. You're constantly making adjustments. Sure. Because it's live. A little improv here and
0: there. Right. Or ref
3: follow the script,
0: but maybe how you do it, whatever.
3: Yeah. 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 And yeah no two performances are alike. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, this is all about the Dionysus Theater Company based in Vernon. The performance space for this show, Seder, is 45 Industrial Park Road in Talland, And the website's DionysusTheaterCompany.org. And we've had the studio uh, today with Gabby Mendelson, one of the co-founders and a cast member. And also we have Angela Dias. And I thank you both for all the work you do to give us good performances. A last word. Yes. Please. I want to
2: make sure I mention everyone that has worked um, so hard on show. Tip the show. So I will go down uh, we have again Michelle Abazia playing Margit, Andrew Rosenstein as Lazzi, Chris Terrizo as David, Bill Emerson as Shadow Tomash, we have Jamie Riapel as Shadow Attila For as far as our lovely, fantastic backstage, we have Bill Pernetta directing. Phil Godek is not only assistant directing, he's technical directing. He basically built the house. So whoop, whoop.
0: Hello, Phil. Uh, (laughs) Mm.
2: Hillary Lang as in lights. Um, And we have Ingrid Smith for doing costumes. And, you know, our team is amazing. So Mm. please come out and check us out.
0: Okay, October 6th to the 22nd. Many opportunities, so don't miss them. And Thanks again for being here today. Thank you
2: for having Thank us. Thank you.
0: Okay. All right, we'll take a short break and move to theater at Eastern. They have another great season underway. And the next performance they have is a uh, thing from uh, Rainer Werner, Fastbinder, Cat's Neck. And we'll talk about that after this break. Stay with us okay we're back for the last part of our show today we're very happy to have you with us here it might be on a.m. 1400 or 95.3 FM all of our shows are video recorded as you can see for the YouTube channel WILI has special local shows every weekday from 5 to 6 we do the Wednesday show and all these shows are available 24 7 on any device through the YouTube channel and we're going to continue looking at the arts in our region I'm always happy to have people from Eastern here in the studio they've had a wonderful new school a few years ago and there's Revolutionized their curriculum, the skills they can teach, and the performances they can bring to the public. And they have done amazing work. They have a new season starting now, and we're here to talk about one called Cat's Neck, which is based on the work and writings of Rainer Werner Fassbinder. Uh, a fantastic filmmaker as well. And we have two faculty members here from the Department of Film, Theater, and Communication who are involved in their production. Right next to me, I'm very happy to have back in the studio Alicia Bright-Holland. She's Associate Professor of Theater and Performance Media. It's nice to have you back in the house.
4: Thank you. It's great to be here, John. You
0: and the same for David Pellegrini. He's the coordinator of the first-year programs at Eastern, and he's a professor of theater and performance media. David, nice to have you here. Hi, John. Good to see you. So maybe the launching pad is the choice, t- you know, to take on Fassbinder. Sure. And to present mm-hmm. his ideas in this medium, which are interesting to translate.
5: Sure. Well, um, first of all, the title of the show is Blood on a Cat's Neck. So if that um, gives you an indication of, uh, you know, maybe the dark irony of uh, that Fassbinder was really well known for. This was um, he's mostly well known as one of the most important filmmakers in the last part of the 20th century. Um, Really a, a, a member of the new German film movement of the time. But what's not well known is that before and even during his really prolific career, he also was a theater guy. So before he started making films, he was involved with two theater companies. One was called the Anti-Theater Company, and one was called the Action Theater Company. And it was here that he was starting to develop um, the techniques that you'll see in his films. Um, A kind of tendency towards melodrama, a tendency towards um, anti-naturalistic techniques, certainly influenced by another German Titanic director, Bertolt Brecht, so he was also very politically minded, uh, socially minded, Um, and, you know, interestingly also, um, he started working with technicians and actors um, with within that theater company that were going to work with him for the next 30 years in terms of not the... No, I shouldn't say 30 years of his career. He died at 37 yes. um, years old after, in I think a period of 15 years, directed 40 films, directed 12 shows, and several... Serial dramas, including what most people consider to be the masterpiece, Berlin Alexanderplatz. Absolutely, highly influential on you know everybody, especially um, uh, uh, the Sopranos creator. His his name is Escaping Scorsese. No, no, David Chase.
0: That's right. He was prolific, though. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
5: So um, why this? Why did we choose this show? Well, in fact, um, I directed this play. 29 years ago, it was the first show that I directed um, when I was doing my PhD program in in Pittsburgh. So I'm kind of revisiting the project. And we wanted to do a show that was going to showcase one area of our curriculum, which is um, movement at dance theater, um, which is something that we're both very interested in. When I was doing some research, I published on Fassbinder before and presented, you know, conference papers, et cetera. But one of the things that i learned in my research was that actually in his very early career he worked with pina bausch and i would say that if i would say P- fosperner is you know, very influential on me pina bausch also but also on alicia bright holland here so maybe you want to pick up where the Pina Bausch connection comes in in terms of our approach to the show and how we're doing it and directing it.
4: Sure. Um, yes. And who
5: Pina Bausch was for people who might not know.
4: Okay, great. Um, lots to answer there. Um, so folks who aren't familiar with Pina Bausch, she is a German expressionist mover and she sort of coined Tanz Theater, which is combining both dance and theater. And you still see those iterations in most um, European theatrical settings. There's not a huge difference between where dance and theater begin and end. They Mm -hmm. just work a little bit more integratedly so, which is great because I think when you have movement, it's really it it's really more inclusive because if you don't speak the language, perhaps you can at least enter into, you know, what you're seeing someone doing. So
0: that would be another dimension of the storytelling.
4: Definitely. Yes, On to top of what's
0: in your head, it's the body space. Correct.
4: Right. Okay. And just the performer's um, interaction with space and thinking about that as a, another whole character, which we do but even more so I think when we're more on a dance theater sort of um, end of things. So T- Pina, um, um, she was actually a student of Kurt Jouss. probably people don't know him, but he was a very important German um, choreographer as well, and they were really the German wing of how modern dance develops here in America from German Expressionism. Um, And in 1973, the year I happened to be born, Pina was um, made the director of um, the Wuppertal Theater, which she worked in throughout her lifetime until she died. And um, what was the other question you asked me about? Um,
0: Well, who she was. Um, Her significance.
4: Her significance, I I think her significance is like, Really working with the dancers to, and she worked with non dancers as well. She just mm-hmm. worked with human beings to get human emotions. And the way she worked often was like by interviewing the people in the cast and really building movement that supported their actual life stories and would then like aestheticize it to make it theatrical. Um,
0: the kind of like a director who might use non actors. To, to help tell a story yeah. as opposed to professional, they mix those aesthetics together. Right. Mm-hmm. She okay. did have a company, though,
5: of, yeah. you know, with, of very talented with They were talented very dancers. talented and yeah.
4: technical dancers, yeah. as she was, because yeah. she came from classical ballet, right. but broke from that Oftentimes it worked with wasn't quite a full enough picture, I think, for right. her. Right.
5: And I think that you know the connection between the two is that both were responding to similar issues that were going on in Germany yeah. at the time, West Germany at the time reacting to the, uh, they were both, you know, children of World War II. Sure. so they were reacting to the, you know, the rapid rise of, you know, the, the uh, economic miracle, um, the tensions between East and West Germany and Berlin. communism. Yeah. They were also very, very much attuned to, um, you might say, the war between the sexes, so just at the cusp of... Um, you know, the feminist movement especially. So they were, they were always, they, they seemed to have many similarities in terms of the themes that they were working with throughout mm-hmm. their careers. So it just kind of made sense to kind of marry the two for this particular project and give students the opportunity to experience and explore different ways of working and different ways of performing. Um,
0: oh, yeah, it's a yeah. great fusion. Yeah, and it connects to history today on both fronts in terms of what's happening in Ukraine and right. Europe socially Absolutely. going to the right in Hungary. Yes, those dark forces coming back. So this yeah. environment is what you're tapping into. Yeah,
5: and I think the show, you know, based on the way that it appeared 29 years ago, and I'm <laughs> certainly changing a lot of things. You know, 29 years later, I'm different, and yeah. we have a different group of students. You know, I'm working with, um, and the you know the world has changed in a lot of ways. But the show comes across as a review, like a political satire in many ways, um, and it it doesn't come across as a, you might say, a straight play, but as much as it is, um, you know, a, I mean, it almost sometimes feels like a weird musical, I mean, <laughs> if I could put it that way.
4: There is uh, also a structural thing that's interesting yeah. about the script that I think you should talk about. Well, if it, you can it's about. kind of
5: divided into three parts. The first are these monologues, these characters that seem like boilerplate characters, like a soldier or the wife or the girl or the the mistress, and these sort of like stereotypes. They de- deliver these monologues. Then they play these very, very brief, almost blackout scenes, sketches, you might say,
0: tableau kind of yeah. stuff, French and, scenes.
5: Yeah, and um, and but it's the, their identities start to slip. You know, they're not they're not who they said they were when we first meet them. All of a sudden they have these different relationships or different aspects of their quote-unquote personality. And so there are (laughs) like, I would say 35 of those very short brief scenes. And in between, we kind of intersperse these sort of like cabaret numbers, you might say. Um, We'll have a live pit band will be playing some interesting um, tunes. Yeah, pit band um, is back. It'll be yeah. electrifying. That's awesome. mm-hmm. And that's, that's awesome. Rick O'Neill, who is, I don't know if you know him. He, I do uh, very band. well. Yeah. So Rick he's oh. going to be our musical director. He's and, a member
0: of the music faculty, yeah. wonderful jazz musician. Wonderful. And so he's, mm-hmm. career, you know,
5: students are going to be wow. performing in the jazz band. And one of the performers, Corinne Hardy, is going to be actually a soloist singer. So... Um, Singing some, you know, standards, and you know, some little '90s grunge, and some, uh, some Smiths torch songs, that
0: type of stuff. So, uh, all to a jazzy beat.
4: If you something might for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> something for everyone. How about that?
0: I just want to mention, if you're listening to us on the radio. This play is called Blood on a Cat's Neck, October 12th to the 15th, and it's at the Proscenium Theater in the Fine Arts Instructional Center at the Eastern Campus. Open to everybody. Go to the Eastern website. You can get your tickets for it. Uh, A question for you is when you get to the staging, because of all the new facilities you have Mm -hmm. for projection, which has been amazing, what you've done with projections, and lighting and, and the alternative lighting grids, can you paint a picture without ruining anything of how you're using that space to convey these narratives? Yeah,
5: well, you know, we 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 really have moved into the realm of of, of technology in regards Absolutely. to the to the projections, especially. Yeah. We have some of you know we have um, the technical ca- capabilities of uh, you know systems, um, hardware, you might say that you'll find in Broadway houses. So Absolutely. students are getting trained state. on that type of you know uh, those types of state of the art state of, of the art stuff. And so, you know, it's, it behooves Sometimes us better to... better than Broadway houses. Yeah, well, but it, so it behooves us to sort of like utilize that and train students in these domains um, because that's what's happening in the industry. That's where jobs are, you know. So um, we need to create these, you know. You can't use all that technology if you're doing, you know, Our Town necessarily, if right. you see what I'm saying. You need to yeah. find the kinds of vehicles... It's not we did Our Town a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that
0: a timeless everybody has its
5: place, everything has its place, but we've got to make room for these alternate types of um, projects that really put all of these things together. And that's especially true now that we formed a new um, department, as you know, in theater. because you've been involved in communication for many years. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we've merged, theater has merged with communication. So we're now the communicate communication, film, and theater program. Yeah. And we're, we're still working things out in terms of the new curriculum, but it's going to be something that that is really unique to the state, you know, pretty much across the board. I don't think anybody's going to have the program that we have, so. The facilities here,
0: the school has its own radio station, it yeah. has a TV connection. Right. So realigning those tools, to update everything for the new environment is really a exactly. timely thing. Right. So that's very that's yeah. good. That both Pretty well. exciting. Yeah. So one last thing, too, on the student side. You've both been here for many years. Students have been here for a while to get used to the new facilities. Mm-hmm. So when you see seniors who came in as freshmen and they were there in the early days, what kind of things do you see after students have a few years here to really get this stuff under their belts?
4: Well, I think they at least um, have an expansion of what they thought, like maybe traditional theater. I think they're usually more familiar with like musical theater and traditional theater. Um, but since we do a lot of intermedial things, I think it's great for them to be able to interface with the new um, technology and understand how like storytelling is told for communication purposes, how Storytelling is used in filmmaking. How storytelling is used in theater, so and in dance and movement. So I think that they just start to have a broader, you know, picture and understanding of what is already in the world and how they might contribute to, you know, this kind of growing movement. Um, I yeah, we,
5: you know, I mean, we've been in the new building for what, seven, uh, six, eight, seven years? Maybe. And, you know, we kind of got a little bit sidetracked because of COVID. So, True. you know, we had a year and a half where it was like we couldn't do very much. Um, and
0: the radio station was shut down. Yeah,
5: I mean it was so it kind of put us back, you know, a little bit in terms of the development and growth.
4: Um, but I think we that's. Did but we did do production during, yeah. co- As you yeah. would know, because his show kept getting <laughs> closed and reopened. <laughs> right. we, I, I came
5: into I think the last time I came to talk to you, we were pitching yeah. um, Hotel Universe. That's right. And then the night before we opened, two students got COVID, and we had to cancel. Yeah. And then we wound up remounting the show months later and only did it on, on film and right. live streamed it. So, But we were was... grateful
4: that we had film and the ability yeah. to at least, oh, yeah. you know, you bring something the to the audiences. Right. Yeah, so it's also about perseverance that the students that you were asking about from freshman to senior year because they were like there during COVID. So like yeah. to be back in actual live space with an audience and, you know, the community you know, the community coming together, I think that's been huge for them. Yeah.
5: I think that was the, that was the most important thing that we missed was that human contact. Yes. Um, hard to run a, a program with, you know, everybody in masks and socially distancing when contact is such an important thing in terms of the liveness of what we do. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but, you know, we, um, we persevere, as you say, yeah, we and we've been here for many years. <laughs> and, uh, you know, those who say that, you know, theater is a dead art form, I mean, it's been around Not for sad. 2,000-something years. It's going to be around forever. Um, people want that live, oh, yeah. that
0: liveness, it seems to me. It's great how it's finding, like, you know, it's like the music industry problems that, you know, the music is alive and well, the industry has its problems, the music's right. alive, the kind of art you're working in, that's that's forever. It has to find a home, and it found a home here in different right. media, telling stories and, and you know, yeah. connecting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we lucky. I mean, so. yeah. we have
5: the, I think that we have really, I mean, who builds, who builds the kinds of facilities that we have for us today? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah. um, almost unheard of.
0: I know people in the area are still getting to Eastern to see the music theater, to see the proscenium theater. But the people that I know, when they see it one time, they're surprised at what they're missing. So you have to go and see for yourself. It's right here. You don't have to drive an hour or two or three. Some of this stuff is really amazing.
5: Also, uh, a pitch to our music program, too, because they do, you know, they have a concert probably every week, you know, and and that's free. And, um, you know, just...
4: There's always something going mm-hmm. on. Check out the website. Yeah. I would
0: Easternct.edu. <laughs> you can find your way to all these events. And, uh, okay, Blood on a Cat's Neck, October 12th is the opening. I want to thank Alicia Bright-Holland and David Pellegrini for their good work throughout the year and for being here today. I wish you a great run. Thank and, you. you know, and we'll see you soon again. Well, we'll Thanks, hope to see you at the show. Oh, well, definitely. Yes. As a Fassbender fan. I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be there. So, and great. this is the first of a series. As the, as the season moves on, we'll have people here for each of the shows, and we'll keep covering Eastern arts all the time. So thanks a lot for sharing your time today with us here on the home front. We'll see you next week. If you want to get involved, just send an email. You're welcome anytime. John at humanartsmedia.com. And we'll see you soon.